0: all right all right all right right. day 158 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is Keith and remember this is a podcast where I'm trying to show you Or we're trying to show you (laughs) that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror Uh, we come to it to see through it and to to see God not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so we're in the middle remember of this long narrative within the books of first and second chronicles that is going to show us the ideal kingdom under David and Solomon now remember David started this thing off and Solomon picks up where David left off right so remember the people of God are coming off of exile. So this chronicler is writing to this post-exile community that have come, that has come out of Babylon, right? In Persia, right, back into their land. And he wants to instill this hope for in, in them and this longing in them for this future king from David and Solomon's line, right? So we, we have here Solomon um, making the preparation and the dedication of the temple now he does this by bringing the Ark of the Covenant the Ark of the Covenant was this small structure with the uh, uh, Ten Commandments basically uh, inside of it and it represented the presence of God on earth and his throne on earth as well so he's bringing that bad boy to the temple now what's interesting about this narrative rather than what uh, we see in first Kings remember this is some of the same stories just told in different ways from a different perspective is that he's going to spend way more time here talking about the dedication of the temple than the actual building of the temple itself why because the meaning and significance was most important for the hearers of this text and the meaning and significance is most important for the hearers of this podcast right now right like it is it is the same idea here and what he's trying to show one is that all Israel, is present for this, so he's trying to show, like, hey, all Israel was here for the building of the first temple, guys. It should be here for the uh, building of the second temple. But also, he's just trying to show um, that the idea that the Lord uh, filled this temple in the context of this great celebration. So he's going to talk about all the the, the actual feast of booths or the feast of shelters is actually going on at this time as well. Um, this idea of the Lord filling his temple with his presence um, was meant. Uh, To be in the context of a great celebration and praise and affirmation of who God is. And this would encourage future generations, i.e. us, to continue praising and worshiping God and to have him at the center. Once again, we've said this before, at the center of our community. Right at the center of our community was supposed to be the worship of God. And that was the thing that was supposed to unify the people of God. And he is trying to beat this thing. <laughs> he's trying to beat this thing into their heads uh, in this text. Uh, so that's what he's doing there. Second Chronicles six, um, you have, you know, the dedication, but you also have this prayer. So Solomon first turns to the Lord and says, this temple is an exalted Temple. He's he's recognizing that Yahweh, the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, the God that brought them out of the Exodus is this great king. Right. We have to remember as Christians, as a believer, that God in Jesus Christ has revealed himself to be this great king. And we live under his reign and his rulership. And he has authority and access to every single area. Of our lives, right? So he is saying, no, no, no. You are this great king that lives in our midst, right? And 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 this this temple symbolizes your presence on earth, but you're really omnipresent. You're really everywhere. This this temple made by hands can't contain you. The the Bible the Bible will say that over and over. And why is that important? God is omnipresent. Why? Why is that important? Why is that so good? Why is that good news for us? Because he is here with us, specially covenantally, because he saved us. We're his people. He dwells in our presence in a special way for sure. But he's everywhere so we can have confidence that the future is not something scary because God is already in the future. He's already there. He's already present. So so we don't have nothing to fear. We don't have anything to fear because God's presence is there as it is here? I love it because um he turns his back uh, towards the people um but but afterwards he turns towards them and, and and the scripture says he he blesses them right and this was usually a duty of the priest but Solomon is actually doing that here um so he has this kind of like kingly role he's a king obviously but um he he's he's performing a priestly function you'll see that come to fruition and fulfillment in the personal work of Jesus Christ who is our ultimate end time priest king but I love the prayer though the prayer that um Solomon prays. It's it's really extensive. It's really good. Uh, very similar to what what we see in First Kings. Um, but but what's amazing to me is uh, just some of the things he talks about. Uh, one of the things that, that would be dope though, a really good practice. Go through the Bible, get you a highlighter or a pen if you use a physical Bible. Um, encircle <laughs> and, and highlight uh, all the prayers of God's people throughout history, and you'll find, man, that many of their concerns, many of their questions, and many of their uh, um, anxieties are very much parallel to our concerns, questions, and anxieties. Right, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But again, uh, as I read about this, he he talks about forgiveness. One of the things he he continually talks about is forgiveness, and I love it because. Um, he, he he talks about forgiveness in the context of his own kingship and in the context of the temple so the temple had the sacrifices the day of atonement uh, all the ritual sacrifices we can read about that in leviticus 1 through 4 um all the way actually up to 16 as well um but he the, the king is the one who is talking about forgiveness right this 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 king goes before the lord uh and intercedes on behalf of his people so they can be forgiven and i love what paul says in first corinthians 15 when he's talking about the gospel he's going to say no no like Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. So in other words, the king, Christ, who is the king, the Christos, the messianic ruler from the line of David, he is the one who died for our sins. So you see even there, the king uh, bringing about this forgiveness for his people. Um, it's so good, though, uh, but because it just reminds us of the character of God, right? Like God is, is, is more willing to forgive sin than we are to commit sin, right? We have to remember that basic tenet and facet of the gospel that we overlook and forget until we really need it right like forgiveness isn't sweet until we actually need the idea actually need real true uh forgiveness and so he talks about that here he talks about the idea of prayer itself right you will pray in the direction of the temple um because uh, that's what god dwelt on earth and the lord will hear the lord will hear from heaven and answer his people subsequently fire comes down second chronicle seven fire comes down consumes the sacrifices after solomon's prayer showing that the lord uh um, validated this actual uh temple um he uh, he divinely attested to this being his temple uh to where his presence dwell and fire coming down is something that happens all throughout the bible um uh to, to, for god to validate uh his, his the priestly ministry you think about that in uh Uh, Leviticus, you think about uh, the fire coming down in the Theophany in Genesis, you think about uh, so many other places, Exodus, wilderness. Um, But what's interesting here too, is this uh, double attestation of the actual temple. So in five, chapter five, he's going to talk about the cloud. And then in chapter seven, he's going to talk about this fire coming down. Right. Interesting, because remember, Israel was led by a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night. So it's the same same God working all throughout history. And you have this double uh, divine attest- attestation of the actual temple. Um but also you think about the gospel of Mark, right? Mark 1, 11, and then Mark 9, 7, you're going to have the Lord say, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. You have that double divine attestation as well. And so you see the Lord uh, accepting this temple as his uh, place where he'll dwell with his people uh, to ignite his saving reign over his people. Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, the famous uh, blessing box verse, especially if you live in America, if they will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from the evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal. Land, so this verse is usually taken out of context. Um, but, but it's just saying that, like, hey, if the people of God at this time who was Israel, uh, would, would, would repent, <laughs> would, would turn from their sins, um, they would be brought back into the land and restored. And so, you see, even the chronicler who's writing to this post exile community showing that repentance and humility is a way we seek the Lord, and that should be an ongoing part of the uh, life of the people of God, even after exile, exactly. like repentance and humility before him is a way we express, uh, faith, uh, in him. And so he's trying to bring that out here. Uh, I love it though, because, um, again, if you read Ezra and Nehemiah, they rebuild the temple. Uh, um, they're done around 516 BC. So remember Solomon built the first temple. This is what he's telling us about, but it was to ignite and inspire them to build this second temple. The second temple in Ezra and Nehemiah fire does not come down. Fire came down here. All right. Fire does not come down there. Why is that important? Because they the 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 full and final restoration that god had promised his people had not taken place we said this before it takes place at pentecost right the tongues the flaming fire uh that the tongues comes down on the people god's presence descends and that building of the temple um, that jesus builds through his holy spirit that he gives to his people jesus has the greater solomon right god attests that this is the actual restoration that god's people have been longing for after the exile right this was the restoration they needed. They needed the death and resurrection of the Savior, King Jesus. And that was the final restoration of God's people, his holy temple, uh, holy temple dwelling where he dwelt among his people. Now, 20 years, his palace uh, 2 Chronicles, eight will say, and the temple are built. It's complete. He is not just extremely wise and smart, but he's even skilled with his hands. He goes. Puts his hands to other projects as well. At the end of chapter 8, you see to it, he sees to it that uh public worship right is established among God's people as well, and the proper, you know, functioning and ordering of the people. Uh, you'll see here served in the nation's prosperity, something that is promised all over in Deuteronomy. And you see the weekly and monthly and annual rhythms, the new moons, the sabbaths, the festivals, uh, all that stuff is instituted here. And yeah, you just see the institution of these rhythms, man. Um, that God would have his people do. And it's the same thing today. Things like, uh, you know, uh, spending time with him in the word and, um, you know, church and things like that. You know, God institutes these rhythms for us, man, not so that he can love us more, but so that we can have a firmer grasp and enjoy his love more. My prayer today is that as we reflect on this text and how it all fits together in the story of the Bible, uh, that we would enjoy the love of God more than we did the day before. Father, I pray right now that you will help us to enjoy your love uh, better today than we did yesterday. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.